Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I'm Dana K. White. I blog over at aslobcomesclean.com. That is where I share my personal deslobification process. As I figure out ways to keep my own home under control, I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people, people who don't love cleaning and organizing. Thanks for joining me today. This is podcast number 294, and I'm talking to Becky, and I think I'm going to call it enjoying your progress even when you're not finished or something like that. So I am recording some um, of these sessions with people who are patrons of the show. If you want to find out more about being a patron, uh, we refer to it as being a kindred spirit in uh, the podcast. You can go to patreon.com slash a slob comes clean. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash a slob comes clean, or I will have the note, um, the link in the show notes as well. Um, but I'm, I'm doing some of these episodes trying to, you know, have enough for the end of the year and then have some for the beginning of, um, you know, when I come back from my summer break. And I generally end by saying, okay, I don't know when this is going to come out because, you know, I'm not that organized. Anyway, but with Becky, I said, hey, I think this is going to come out on Thursday this week because she just naturally on her own started talking about the Take Your House Back course. And that is open if you're listening to this the day that it comes out, it is open, I think, just one more day. I'm not completely sure, but I think it's just through the end of April. So anyway, I just want to make sure that I put this up now so that you have that chance. I know that last week we talked about it a lot, and I've put it out everywhere on my newsletter and all that kind of stuff. So you've probably heard of it, but if what she says would be the thing to help you make that decision before it's too late, um, then go for that. And at the end of this episode, I am going to ask a few, I mean, sorry, I'm going to answer a few frequently asked questions that people have about the course. But if you're listening to this in the future, and it's not a time when it's open or whatever, you don't have to listen to that. Nobody has to listen to it. But you know what I mean? Anyway, so Becky and I, we talked not just about that, that was a casual mention, but we talked specifically about making progress. Like at what point can you enjoy that progress without feeling guilty about all there is is left that you could be doing. We talked about her master bedroom and her desire to make it into something, um, a space that she loves, and yet just feeling completely overwhelmed at the thought of that because there's so far to go. We talked about, you know, that natural kind of resistance that we can have to the first decluttering question of where would I look for this first, you know, being well in this pile right here, you know, like that little snarky reaction. And we just talked through that. So those are the things that we talk about. It's a great conversation. Um, and I think you're going to enjoy it. Okay, here goes. Okay, Becky, thank you so much for coming on to the show and telling us all your deep, dark secrets. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited about it. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you're here. I really appreciate it. So tell me about yourself. Tell me what your unique life situation is. Okay. I'm married. We just 
celebrated our 16th anniversary and have, thank you. We have three kids, two boys that are 14 and 13 and a daughter that is seven and we homeschool. Okay. So my husband works full time and, um, I stay home and work part-time at my church and homeschool the kids. Okay. And you are an always homeschooling family, not just because of 2020 happening. Right. Since my okay. seven-year-old was born. All right. Um, okay. So tell me some things that have worked well for you in your home. Oh, as far as your strategies, definitely the, the dailies, particularly the dishes, doing dishes every day. Cause you know, before, whenever I was going to clean the whole house, I always had to start in the kitchen and it was always a disaster. Yes. And that was like all I got to <laughs> was the kitchen. Who has energy after you've like excavated the kitchen, right? Exactly. So once I finally started doing the dishes daily, it really made a huge impact on the whole house. I have a friend who she and I would send each other a picture of our kitchen every night saying we did the dishes, you know? And That's so, so that was very helpful and motivating. <laughs> yes. Okay. So doing the dishes really had an impact, helped you I mean, did you see the the benefits of it throughout the rest of your house at all? Yes. Well, it helped me declutter the kitchen quite a bit um, because, you know, when I had all the dishes clean and was con- and I was consistently putting them away, I could see what I had too much of. And every evening before we start the dishes, I would have all the kids look in their rooms in the kitchen to see if there were any other dishes to Which add to it. Whole and house. Just, you know, yeah. exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, great. Uh, tell me something else that, that has been working well for you. Take it there now. That has been very beneficial, uh, particularly when I'm working like maybe in the kid's bedroom and I'm helping them declutter. I have found that take it there now. I, it makes me evaluate whether it's really worth it, you know, because before I would have a bin full of all the craft supplies that I would eventually take and put in our craft area. But now I just toss half of it because I'm like, well, that's, you know, we've had five others of these somewhere else, you know, rather than putting it in a bin to put away later or taking it there. Now I realize it's not worth either of those things. So just that's great. Goes in the I trash. Think that's, that's such a good point because it's like, it takes energy to take it there yes. now. Mm-hmm. And that makes you look at the item differently and say, this is not worth my energy. Like exactly. Yeah. If I could keep everything, sure. I'd keep it but I can't Mm -hmm. anyway. I know that. So that's, that's great. I love that perspective on that. So tell me what is the situation that you would like to talk about? Okay. So one of the questions that I had, I feel like that I've done well decluttering most of the, the living areas in our home, you know, the Mm -hmm. kitchen and the living room, but there are still a lot of areas that other people don't see that need a lot of work. So when there is still that type of decluttering to do, How do I still allow myself time for hobbies without feeling guilty about that? Yeah, no, I I, I get what you're saying. Um, I think a lot of it is that mentality of acknowledging that this is never actually going to be finished anyway. You know, like you're saying that your living areas, so your spaces where you're probably together as a family primarily have come a long way. Right. And you've gotten your dishes under control. So I'm assuming you understand dishes math. And because of that, you've realized, okay, if I do my dishes every day, it actually frees up quite a bit of time. I do think it's important to live in those spaces that you have worked so hard to declutter. And part of living in that, those spaces is generally your hobbies, right? 
Right. You know, so like, what are some of your hobbies? Uh, music, playing piano and really just doing things with the kids, you know, the, the extra crafts and things like that. It's easier for me to not feel guilty about doing those things with the kids, you know, because the, I'm their teacher as well as their mom. And so right. that's something that we need to be doing. But when it comes to me taking time to make music or write songs, that's more difficult. Well, I think, you know, telling yourself that by sitting down at the piano, is that in one of those living spaces that you've worked on? Yes. Okay. So if it's in that living space, you are, you're now living in that space. You are enjoying it. And that was the reason why you have worked hard on decluttering it. And so many times, you know, one of the things that I hear from people all the time is how do I stay motivated? Yes. (laughs) that desire to stay motivated. I mean, it is motivating to be able to sit down at the piano bench without having to clear it first. You know, if it used to be covered with stuff, it's motivating to just enjoy the music without thinking, okay, right behind me on a table is a pile of stuff. You know I mean? Like that right there, or even to be able to sit down and play and, know that if someone came to your front door and heard you playing, and then you opened the door, they would not have what maybe would have happened before. I'm just guessing of them going, wow, she sits around and plays when her house looks like this, but your house doesn't look (laughs) like that. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm thinking from my own perspective, like what, if I'm doing something fun and then somebody saw me doing that fun thing in the midst of the chaos, you know, it was like, then I felt guilty. And then that fun thing felt wrong. You know what I mean? But as it is, because your visible spaces are decluttered and someone could come to the door and it would seem completely normal. Yes. You know, that there's more decluttering to be done. There are bedrooms and there are, you know, closets or whatever it is that you have left to do enjoy that. Like, you know, enjoy the fact that you can do that because as you live in the spaces and you experience the benefit of having this decluttered space and all this work that you've done, ultimately that's going to increase your decluttering energy, which is going to take you farther because the more you learn to, wow, we, we love this living space that we have. Well, now you're going to start to view open space differently like, because it makes life easier. And then you're going to start to see that in these other spaces that you need to get to and go, okay, I'm ready to go in there now with a different perspective, because I really love having less stuff. I have experienced how easy, how much easier it is to live in and maintain these other spaces. Does that, you know, so I think if you never give your chance yourself the chance to enjoy it, that can be paralyzing in and of itself you know, because you're, you're just kind of just letting yourself feel guilty over all there is left to do, where if you would go ahead and enjoy what you have done already, it might increase the energy and get you moving more. No, that absolutely makes sense. And just recently I shared in the kindred spirits group that my living room right now, this, I think the first time in my life that I had a living room that, that I enjoy and that feels welcoming and inviting because you know, decluttering it was one thing. I finally decluttered it and all of the shelves, all of everything. And then I, um, I allowed myself to get curtains and a rug and throw pillows. And that was such a huge impact for me and for my family. And so, um, I totally understand what you're saying about allowing myself to enjoy 
what I've already accomplished. And I think part of that is being able to pursue my hobbies in those areas. So thank you. Well, I I think too, sometimes that, that weird feeling, and I, I'm not saying that what you're saying is wrong because I completely like, I get what you're saying, like that weird guilt over, but I'm not done yet. So I shouldn't, but you're not stopping, you know, but it's that one of the, remembering that it is never finished. It's never going to be finished. There's always going to be more to do and getting over that project brain mindset that you talk about. I very much have that. It's just difficult to grapple with sometimes. Well, and one of not finished. Right. And one of the mindset shifts that we work on is to live for right now, as opposed to keeping things for the future. Well, if you're, if you're decluttering and getting rid of things for all these, what if scenarios with priority going to right now, but then you're not letting yourself enjoy that space right now, then it can feel like, okay, what's the point of me decluttering? You know, maybe even even if you don't verbalize that in your mind, I'm trying to prioritize right now. So I need to enjoy this right now. I need to, you know, do what it was that I was decluttering the space in order to be able to do. Let's talk about our sponsor for this episode, Third Love. Y'all, I love my Third Love bras. If you've listened for a while now, you know I've been talking about them for several years. And that means I've been wearing them for several years. There really is a difference between Third Love bras and other bras. They're designed for your perfect fit. Third Love uses the measurements of millions of women to design bras with all day comfort and support. And that's the difference. They're high quality and have great support, but they are also comfortable without the pokiness and itchiness that a lot of other bras seem to have. They offer a perfect fit promise, which means they stand behind their products. If you don't love it, exchanges and returns are free for 60 days. Plus they have more than 80 sizes. Every third love bra is made with signature memory foam cups and a scratch-free band from cups AA to I, including half cups and bands 30 to 48. It's time to break up with your bad bra and fall in love with better bras and underwear. You deserve it. Third Love is changing the game when it comes to comfort and style for all of your everyday essentials from loungewear and wireless styles to their number one rated 24-7 classic t-shirt bra. They're creating the ultimate shopping experience. Plus, Third Love is the ultimate go-to loungewear. From lazy days on the couch to weekend outings, it's loungewear that's made to wear everywhere premium cotton fabrics available in drapey, easy fit knits, 100% cotton French terry and woven styles. Sizes extra small to 3x, all in the quality and fit you expect from Third Love. Third Love knows your one true fit is out there. So right now they are offering my listeners 20% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash clinging now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 20% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash clean for 20% off today. What's another question you want to talk about? (laughs) So this other question I have, um, When the answer to the question, where would I look for it first is something along the lines of right here on top of this dresser that's piled with things. Mm -hmm. (laughs) How do I handle that? And uh, full disclosure, I am not necessarily asking that for myself. It is for a couple of other members of my family that really struggle with that. And I don't know how to help them. Okay. First of all, 
you're not the only person to ask this question. Like I get this one quite a bit. Um, and, and I like that you clarified that it's probably a lot of your family members doing that because it, it's a resistance to the question is what it actually is. You know, it's this, basically you're saying, I don't know, you know, like, <laughs> right. It's kind of a snarky answer. And I'm not saying they're being snark in my family. That question gets asked and it's always snarky when they say it. So I'm just saying from my own perspective and experience, that's what there happening. is some snarkiness there. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so, um, the question is other than there. Like, because, you know, if this space was clear, then where would you look for it first? Because the goal that we're going for here is to clear this space, right? You know, if it's a pile on top of the dining room table, we want to clear off the dining room table. So to Mm -hmm. say, I would look for the screwdriver on the dining room table defeats the purpose, right? So, you know, because that's not, we're trying to clear this off. So if the dining room table was clear, where would you look for it first? I have a post somewhere a couple of years ago of my husband, you know, his jacket that he wears to work every day was on the back of a chair, you know, and I was like, Hey, where would you look for this first? And he's like, on that chair, you know, I mean, that's just (laughs) the reality of that's where he sticks it. But I'm like, okay, so if the dining room didn't have, you know, stuff in random places, where would you go look for it? And he was like, Oh, well, I go to, you know, this certain closet or whatever. So I went, so it's just that I, the reason I like the decluttering questions and everything is that I can generally just kind of clarify and re-ask the question instead of giving a long speech about, you know, we're trying, it's just like, if this was clear, which is our goal, then where would you look for it first? You know, like that's repeating the question. I would would definitely go towards the long speech thing. (laughs) The long speech. I am, And it's not helpful (laughs) with kids. (laughs) You have 13 and 14 year old boys. So yes, Yes. you know that their eyes glaze over And and you, so it's kind of this, but it's also like, I'm putting it back on you. Like this is, you know, I'm asking you this question and a lot of times what they might be really doing, I don't know, I'm not a mental health professional, but what they might be doing is avoiding having to make a decision, you know, like they, they don't want to have to make that decision. And they feel like if they answer your question, so they're just kind of putting it off and procrastinating and coming up with an excuse. And instead you're basically just these questions break through excuses. That's what they actually do. So, and that's why I came up with them because I'm the queen of excuses, you know? So, so that's, (laughs) that's what we're doing here is just re-ask the question with, okay, let's get your, your funny little clever thing that, you know, Dana's heard of mine. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, yes. that's my poor family. They they'll ask me these things and I'm like, mm, yeah, I've heard that one before a lot you know, <laughs> from all the random people. Right. So. But yeah, no, I, that's, it's a very normal question to ask. And it's also something that I have to remind myself. Cause I'm like, well here, you know, <laughs> like I will even answer that myself. And then I have to go, no, Dana, I don't want this here. So, you know, then where would I look for it first? I have found that a lot of my family is very visually oriented when it comes to organizing their things. And so it has uh, become a bit of a challenge to, to find ways to organize things where it's not an eyesore, but they can still access it easily. Right. Um, I am going through the take your house back course, and that has been very helpful. Um, I started it back in January 
And I just restarted it recently. I took a break when it got to the paper clutter because that overwhelmed me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but now I, I convinced myself to jump back in there. Um, well, and you can skip around mm-hmm. and do whatever it, I mean, cause it's all self-paced. You can do whatever at your own, whatever it is that you want to tackle. Yes. It was so helpful for me in the kitchen and with the clothes. That's, that's about all I've gotten to so far with it. Um, my kitchen is, I really surprised myself with how many things I got rid of after going through those, uh, the videos and things. It's been great. <laughs> I love that. That's great to hear. I love that. Okay. So tell me what's something else that you want to talk about. Well, the question that I originally had was, how do you find motivation to begin a task that seems overwhelming or confusing? And I think I sort of already know the answer to that. Okay. So you you tell me what the answer is. Start with the easy stuff. Yeah. I start with the trash and the duh clutter, but it's a specific thing for me is I really, really want to make my bedroom a place that I love being in, but um, it's hard for me to do that because it has kind of become the catch-all space. Mm-hmm. You know, it's where everything goes because when we have someone come over, they don't go to my bedroom. <laughs> right. I, and, that's me. Um, I get it. Yeah. Yes. It's overwhelming to me in my room, but at the same time, it's like the one place that I really want to work at. And it's like, I can't find that motivation to just get started. How much have you decluttered in there? Very little in my bedroom. My clothing, I have decluttered quite a lot. I have an armoire that's completely full of books and papers, and I don't even know what all is in there. And I know I need to just look, (laughs) right. Um, it's just hard to get started, you know, and especially because it's not going to benefit the whole family. Like the other decluttering I have done has, but then again, you know, my husband and I deserve for this room to be decluttered and nice. So and I, I think it will, de- it will benefit the whole family because as long as it is a stuff shifting place, mm-hmm. you know, where things kind of at the last minute get thrown in there and then they kind of just stay in there, which means they turn into clutter, you know, it's kind of a reason why maybe there are other places where you haven't made final decisions because things just got stuck in the master bedroom. And I think there's, there's huge value in you working in that space. The number one thing I would say to do is the same thing, you know, to do in other spaces, which is to start with the trash and to start with visible. So, okay. You mentioned the armoire and the armoire is assume has doors on it. Correct. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if it has doors on it, don't start with that even though it feels like that's the big monster in the room that has to be dealt with. Just start with other stuff first, you know, start with the trash, start with if there's clothes on the floor. I know for me in the days when my master bedroom was consistently just super duper scary. Now it's only like a little bit scary, but just super duper (laughs) scary. I would, you know, pick up stuff on the floor and I would find so many hangers. Like I just was like, how does this even happen? Like, how do this many hangers end up all over the floor? And how do we not trip on them all the time? I mean, it was just one of those things that boggled my mind. But even though I had done it so many times, like I would forget what was under the first layer of stuff on the floor, you know? So it's like dealing with the visible clutter first, whether that's your nightstand, whether it's the floor, whether it's, you know, the decluttering is 
the first key, I mean, is, is the way that you get started and just keep chipping away at it, knowing that you're going to follow the process so that at any point when you get overwhelmed and you just kind of shut down and you have to stop, you will have made progress. Follow that process of, I am literally going to go in there and look for trash, trash. Even if I'm confident there's no trash, I'm going to go ahead and do that because that's going to be that look, look, always look maybe in corners in, you know, that little pile that's over here in the corner or whatever, getting that out is also going to help you start to see individually what's in your room, which is going to make the next step even easier of just, okay, what has an established home, but it just got thrown in here for some random reason when we had people over, you know, so I'm going to look for anything that's easy that goes somewhere else in the house. I'm going to take it there right now. And maybe if it's been sitting in your room for three months and nobody's missed it, as you pick it up to go take it there right now, you realize, yeah, actually nobody cares about this. And we're just going to stick it in the (laughs) donate box, you know, and then you get rid of does. And so you work through the process until you get down to the container concept. And sometimes that's going to mean as you come up with something that, oh, this would go in the armoire, armoire, except that the armoire is full. And so I can't put it in there. Then you one for one that, you know, just work through the process with the same goal that you had with your living area. You know, like you worked on your living area and then you felt the confidence to decorate it some, and then you got to where I really love this space. It's hard because there's guilt there. You know, I think when it's your own bedroom and it's your, you know, you and your husband live in there and we deserve this. And so it can make you feel like I really want to make this something special, but, but I'm at this point where it's overwhelmingly cluttered. And so the thought of getting it to the point where it's special and decluttered seems so impossible that I feel like I can't even start. You know what I mean? So go ahead and start and say, I'm just going to get this decluttered because even just doing that is going to make a huge difference, you know? Right. So just work on that decluttering process and then, you know, work on the visible stuff first so that you inspire yourself to keep going. Um, and then eventually you'll get to the armoire. Yes. You'll... That will be a big deal. <laughs> yeah. And you know, and, and that's that momentum that help that happened. My brain is not, my mouth and my brain are not working today. That's not a good thing. <laughs> But, um, you know, as you get to the armoire, you'll probably have some momentum. And when you do open it up, it's going to look different to you because you're going to be like, oh, I've liked having not as much random stuff from the house in my bedroom. Like I've started to take ownership of the fact that this is our space. This is not a storage space. And so then the armoire, when you open it up to work on it, is going to look different to you because you're going to be like, no, this room is not for storage. And, you know, you may come up with a category of things that you found as you decluttered your room that you're like, no, I really want this stuff in here. It needs a place to go. It needs a home. And that's what the armoire is for. Or you may come to the point where you realize I could get rid of the armoire, you know, and have more space in here to move around. So that's exactly what I was thinking. I think that that's, what's going to happen is I'm going to be able to declutter it and get rid of it because, um, since I've had it, it's never been something that I've really used functionally. It's only just been a catch-all for things that I don't ever look for. And so I, I think that's what's going to happen. One of my desires for my bedroom, I have an electric keyboard in here and a program on my computer where I can write music on the computer. And I want to be able to do that, but there's no space to do it comfortably right now. And so I do have the piano in the living room I can play, but I really want to make this a room that I can come to and close the door and be able to play 
without disrupting anyone else that's doing, you know, watching TV or something. So I do have good reasons to want to do it. It's just, there's always more to be done, you know? (laughs) Well, and and two, if you feel like, if you already know that the armoire is going to probably go and you have a reason for that, and yet it's so overwhelming to think about looking through it and what if there is stuff in there and then that stuff's going to have to come out of the armoire and that's just going to add to the clutter. That's one of the reasons we start with the visible space first so that you can kind of work your way up to that armoire because you're going to need to do the whole room anyway, right? You want to do the whole room. So work on that visible clutter. Don't do the overwhelming thing first. Start to experience some success, start to like your room more, and then it it will look very different to you when you finally get to that armoire and then you'll be ready to really make that, that big decision. And how exciting to have that to, yes. as something to work toward. I love that. Yes. I, I, this conversation is making me even more motivated to get started. I will probably do some work in there today. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's great. And remember some work is valuable. You know, there's no setting tide no need to set aside time. I mean, it's great to have time set aside, but that doesn't, you know, not having it doesn't mean that you can't get started. So that's great. That's great. Yes. I'll tell myself, I just need to work five to 10 minutes in there every day. And then I forget. I don't know. It's, it's silly. I do know that I just need to, when I have time, do a little bit progress and only progress. Right. Right. Exactly. And the first time you do it is the hardest. And then Mm -hmm experiencing success, take some before pictures so that you can see, oh, I really only worked for seven minutes before somebody needed me and I had to step away, but it made an impact. And that is just so inspiring and helpful to make you come back to the space later again. You know, so I find that first time that I tackle a big overwhelming space, that's the hardest. And then after that, I'm much more likely to get going on it again. Or, yes. or actually recognize a, a pocket of time that's available. Yes, I, that's the same mindset I have towards it in that I feel like I do have five minutes, but it doesn't feel like it will make a difference. And mm-hmm. I know that it will because I have all of the experience that has shown me that a short amount of time can make a big difference. And I do the before and after pictures frequently, and it's very helpful. Yes. That's great. I love it. Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about today? This isn't a question that I wrote. You know, I told you I'm a homeschooler and this is our seventh year homeschooling. And I think this is going to be similar to the question that was in the podcast recently that you had about um, a teacher. And I have a lot of things that I have created that we ended up not using and that I invested a lot of time and money in, and I feel like they would be helpful to other people. And it's just sitting in boxes in the hallway and overwhelming me. And I don't know what to do with it. I feel like I can't donate it to a donations place because it's very curriculum specific. And it feels like it would be weird to donate it. Um, Do you have any kind of a um, local Facebook group for homeschool moms, or do you have any kind of a, like a home I'm saying local because we don't want to add shipping into the equation. So, you know, do you have anything local where you interact with other homeschool moms? 
Yes, but that particular program that I made these things for that we ended up not using, there isn't a local chapter of that program. Um, Like the closest one is probably an hour and a half away. Is everything completely specific to that? Or if, mm -hmm. if you with your own creative brain, if you saw something like that, would you be like, Hmm, I could probably adjust that and change it a little bit and use it for something I do. It's very program specific. Okay. And part of me just wants to toss it, but it's so hard to do that because I put a lot of effort into it and I know that someone could use it and be grateful for it. So do I just wait until I decide what to do with it? Do I toss it? Do I? Well, <laughs> no, I mean, if you know that you don't need it and you're right. not going to use it, I would put it on Facebook because you, you, if you're the only people using this specific program, there's a chance there's somebody else using that or somebody who knows somebody who uses that and y'all are just not connected somehow, you know, cause there may, there may be someone else. So putting it in a Facebook group and saying, Hey, this is the stuff for this. Just so you can know something about going ahead. Like, even if it's just on a, either your homeschool Facebook group or your, you know, local garage sale, getting free cycle or whatever it is that you do. Okay. There's something to me about offering it and then nobody needing it that then frees me to go ahead and get rid of it. Because as long as, as long as I just keep it and think this is good stuff, this is useful stuff. Somebody somewhere could really use this, but I haven't put it out there. Then I'm just kind of keeping it. But once I put it out there, either somebody wants it or if it's crickets and everybody's like, yeah, we have no idea what that is. We'd never use that. Then it's something is freed in my brain for me to go. Oh yeah. There's no way for me to get this to somebody. So I'm going to get rid of it. You know, like, yes, that's very helpful. So I think that what I need to do is, um, post it and then have a date in my mind for if no one claims it by this day, then I can get rid of it and be okay with that. And the reality is don't make it a far out date because like a week, a week at the most. I I mean, I have found in my experience and occasionally I'm wrong, but usually I'm not, you know, (laughs) that if I put something up for sale, if it's going to sell, it's going to sell almost immediately. You know I mean? Like things that sit there forever are not going to usually end up selling. I can't guarantee it. There's always a chance or, or somebody wanting it. So yeah, I, I would, I would just do that and just tell yourself, I, I tried there. There's something freeing about knowing I tried, I tried to get rid of it. I tried to get it to somebody who could actually use it, but you, you never know what grandma down the road is going to know that her daughter who lives three hours away is actually doing that same thing. And, you know, yeah, you don't have the time to research it. Yeah. You don't have the time to research and find these people who might need it, but you can at least put it out there and give it a try. And then that will free you to just throw it away if you need to. I know it's hard. Okay. It is hard, but I think I will be grateful to get it out of the house either way it goes, mm-hmm. you know, because inboxes in the hallway is not ideal. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. I do well with setting a date like that because I, I pair it with my grocery pickup and like, as I find things to donate, I'll put them in the back of the van. And then the day of grocery pickup, 
I drop them off at the donations place on the way to pick up groceries so that the back of my vehicle is empty for them to load the groceries in. Oh, that's um, smart. Pairing those together has been very beneficial for me. Yes. No, I like and that. So, I think my people who do my grocery pickup would actually like that if I would do that too. <laughs> my, my trunk, sometimes I'll open it and I'm like, oh, what was in there? What, what are they going to have to move around to get my stuff in? But anyway. <laughs> right. It's like that for me a lot too. Um, but our donations place is very close to the grocery store. And so it was just logical to do it that way. That's perfect. I love it. Okay. So tell me what you love about being a kindred spirit. Oh, I love that group so much. It is by far my favorite place to be on Facebook. It's really nice to be in a group of people who, who understand me and my slob brain. And I can post anything in there and not feel like somebody's going to say, oh my word, I can't believe she has a closet that looks like that, you know, (laughs) or, you know, just the people that are in that group are kind and uplifting and encouraging. And I really like the post that's made every day to, if you want to, you can share what your dreams and aspirations and goals for the day are. I, I used it very regularly for a while and it was helpful until finally I got to the point that I don't have to put the dailies on a list every day. Oh, that's huge. <laughs> um, yeah. Yes. Yes, it is. Uh, it started with, I didn't have to put the dishes on my list every day anymore because I'm just doing them. And then I don't have to put a five minute pickup on my list every day because I'm doing it. That's <laughs> and great. Yes. The five minute pickup. I think the the best thing about that for us has been on the days that I'm feeling very overwhelmed and I can, add, you know, I feel like it's really my job to manage the home and be the manager. And it doesn't mean I have to do everything, but I, if something's going to get done, I either need to do it or tell someone to do it. And once I accepted that it, it made a big difference and I wasn't frustrated because people weren't doing things on their own. But in times when I'm very overwhelmed, I can ask my husband, can you please just have the kids do something, anything? And almost every time he'll say, guys, let's do a five minute pickup. And that's very helpful. It, it makes it's a big a, it's difference. It's amazing what a difference it makes, especially when they're, when they've accepted that it's a real thing that you're not going to give up on it. And, and they're yes. really able to make a huge impact. A whole family doing that is, is a huge impact on a home. I love it. Yes. A five minute pickup generally gets the living room where it's supposed to be and the table cleaned off. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a really big deal. It's a <laughs> huge deal. Yes, yes. I love that. I love that. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I've appreciated it. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Nothing that I can think about. I really enjoyed our conversation. It's been very helpful. Well, good. I'm glad. And I'm, I'm excited to um, see your progress in your master bedroom. If even if it's five minutes here and there, it's going to be progress. Yeah. Yes. You'll see it in the group. I love it. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, Dana. Okay. I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation with Becky. I know I did. Um, I did want to answer a couple of questions in case you're listening to this in time to jump in on Take Your House Back, just in case it's not closed. Even if you listen to this on Saturday, at least go check and sign up for the waiting list if it's if it's not still open. Anyway, <clears throat> I'm sorry. I don't know more definites than that. But uh, it it's at takeyourhouseback.com. Okay. That's the, the website to go to. And uh, a couple of questions that we keep 
hearing from people that I want to make sure you, you know, have the answers to if it helps you make a decision. First of all, some people say, well, I can't do it because I'm not on Facebook. Y'all, you do not have to be on Facebook to do the course. All of the course content, all of the lessons, modules, everything is housed at takeyourhouseback.com. So you sign up for the course, you get a login, and then you get in there to watch all the videos there. You're not going to be watching any videos or doing any of the course content on Facebook. The Facebook group is something that you can join as a member if you want to. Okay, so it adds on the cheering section accountability if that is helpful for you. Some of my people, it's not helpful for. Like I know for me, if something like that makes me start to feel behind, then I don't do it because the course is completely self-paced. Like you have a full year to do it at whatever pace you want. You could just work on kitchens and then you could skip over to, you know, clothing and then you could go back and do something else. So you do however you want to do it. But if you want that extra added element of the Facebook group, it is there for you because that is very helpful for a lot of people. Okay, you might try out the Facebook group if you're on Facebook and decide whether or not it actually is a good fit for you. Okay. But if you're not on Facebook, or if you're not in the group, you're not going to miss any content. Because any videos that we make in the group, usually it's like, like we do question and answer videos. So you can submit questions to each of our different Google forms. Um, and then each of us will do different question and answer sessions. And um, I know Cass has done a few live ones, I generally record them ahead of time from that document. And then I post that video to the Facebook group. And I post it to the course. Okay, so you're getting both, you know, when we do a live video, then we download that live video and we put that in the course. So you're not actually missing any content by not being on the Facebook group. Okay. So you don't need to worry about that. The other thing, and I mentioned this just a second ago is, um, you know, people ask, what about getting behind or whatever? You have access to the course for a year to go through whenever you want to, however you want to. Okay. So it's, there's no getting behind in this. And that is actually something that when we first started talking about doing it, I was like, y'all, I can't do anything that's like assignment based. I, I just can't. I said, I've, I've promised my people that. Um, I personally, that backfires with me. So I cannot do it. It has to be self-paced. And they're, I mean, they were on board with that too. But that was like something that was really important to me. You have a year to do that. I know sometimes people are like, well, usually I buy a course and I have access to it forever, which is true. But this is something that we talked about and honestly, we know how it is to buy a course and then know that you can go to it anytime and then you never actually go to it and you never actually do it. Okay. And so we decided to do a year of access just to give you that oomph to actually do it. Because be honest with yourself, if you're not going to do it in a year, you're probably not going to do it at all because you're going to forget about it. So it just gives that little bit of a deadline. But if you want to stay in the course at the end of your year, you're not going to have to pay the full price again. Okay. I'm not sure exactly what the amount is, but it's a small renewal price for you to stay in the course. All right. So those are the main two questions that we get about the course. Again, you can go to takeyourhouseback.com and find out more about joining in with us there.
it's really honestly, I've, I've loved it. And I mean, I've loved seeing what people are doing in their homes. It's a really, really fun group of people to be with. I really like Dawn and Cass. I appreciate them. I feel safe sending you guys to them, which if you know me at all, you know, that's a big deal. (laughs) So I just, I really love it. If you want to see some before and after pictures of what people have been doing in their homes who are in the course, go to um, aslobcomesclean.com and just scroll on down through, you know, blog posts. And I have several posts where I've shared before and after pictures that people sent in to say, hey, you, you may use these in advertising. Like we didn't just pull people's pictures, but people sent them to us and said, use these to let people know, you know, the value of this course. So, all right. Um, I will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Getting the most out of your grocery dollar can be challenging these days to say the least. Having a focused plan for meals is the very best way that I have found to stay on budget. And that is why I love Prep Dish. Every week I receive an email from Prep Dish with a meal plan and grocery list already made for me and step-by-step instructions for the one hour prep session that sets me up for mealtime success all week long. And yes, I said one hour prep for a week's worth of dinners. That means I'm saving time as well as money. Choose from four meal plans to fit your eating style. Gluten-free, paleo, low carb, and super fast. I really, really like Prep Dish's super fast menus. So I don't have to turn to takeout or processed convenience foods to feed my family fast. It's a game changer for working moms. The founder, Allison, is offering listeners a free two-week trial to try it out. Check out prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for this amazing deal. Again, that's prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for your first two weeks free. This is a no brainer. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com